And if you would like to text in to ask for information how to sponsor or to how to advertise on jvradio.com, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you would also like to suggest a story for me to tell, and you'd like to give over all the information and all the details of it, and uh, or possibly the source for it, you may also text in 347-927-8398, and it will be forwarded to me. Yes. Okay, my turn, Rabbi Herbs. Okay, if anyone is looking to hire Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs for either storytelling, Kaya from the Maya, Extreme Martial Arts Demo, uh, you know, whether it be for, uh, you know, of a subordinate program, uh, uh, your, your yeshiva, your banos, your base yakov, whatever, your school, a private party, or a day camp, a bungalow colony, or a sleepaway camp. So, of course, the number to call is 718-375-1294. That number again is 718-375-1294. Also, you should be aware, if anybody's interested uh, for information about art lessons, Martial arts lessons, you know, perhaps karate, uh, private karate lessons, Qigong energy lessons, and so on. Uh, you could call also 718-375-1294 for more information. And please be aware that Rabbi Erbs' books are still available in your local forum store, along with many of his CDs and a new one, too. And for those CDs that are not in the stores, you could call Rabbi Yitzhirbs at 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy to send you a complete list, either by email or fax. Wow, did I get everything in? I think so. I think we can now start our Okay. <laughs> well, nice and chilly out there. Are you ready for the snow? <laughs> as long as it doesn't snow while I'm here. Okay, so anyways, so i just like to remind everybody, I'll do that, I'll remind everybody, your newest CD, The Swindler is still out there, and people should buy them before there's nothing left, and they're going to have to reprint again, okay, so because Baruch Hashem is doing well. That's right, you got that right. And by the way, yeah, of course, once they buy the swindler, if they didn't have Shola Melech and the Witch, uh, or, or they don't have the I'm Innocent, I tell you, also double CDs, of course they can. Oh, you mean, of course they can? And buy it, of course. Oh, yes, indeed. Okay, anyways, tonight I have a very interesting story, and it was submitted to me by Mendy W. Wow, he submits a lot of stories to you. Oh, yes, he does. A matter of fact... He, mamish like he uh, <coughs> gives me a lot of stories lately, which is fine by me. I have no problem with it. Okay, so now, <clears throat> as I was trying to say. Uh, you were trying to say you have a story for tonight. Of course I have a story for tonight. Don't you see my, oh no, maybe I shouldn't show you my paper. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you want to see my paper? Uh, yes or no? Uh, yes, because? Because maybe I get a chance to tell the story. <laughs> and no? Because uh, I don't want you to know that I know the story. Oh, you know the story already? No, I don't, but if you turn your back, I will. Well, how will you do that? Uh, I just turn your back. Okay, I'm turning my back. <laughs> do you know the story? No. Why not? Because you took the card with you when you turned your back. <laughs> and you understand my shorthand on this card? Uh, no, but I, I could try. 
All right. Anyways, tonight's story is called Zisha's Second Chance. All right. Second Chance. Oh, so Rabbi Erebs, can you do me a favor? What? Can you turn around again? Why? Because this way I can get a second chance to take the paper. <laughs> Very funny. Okay, so I want to tell you a story about a very interesting Hasidus. Oh, yeah? Uh, uh, let's see, which Hasidus? Belza? Uh, Panovich? Stalina? No, 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 no. Lullaver. Lullaver? Wow, oh, there's a certain lullaver. Uh, one of the lullabers in, uh, in Eretz Israel who dances like Kanina Hara. Wow, I've seen him at a Hasna. Boy, does he dance up a storm, Kanina Hara. Yes, yes, yes. Well, currently, nowadays, there's a number of lullaber rebbers out there. But it really started with... With you? <laughs> Very funny. Okay, I was just kidding around. You know that already. Yes, I do. Okay, so it started off with, uh, uh, you know, like about uh, in the 1700s, there was, a late 1700s, I should say, there was a uh, person by the name of Rabbi David Biederman. Rabbi David Biederman. Oh, um, isn't there a guy in your shul by the name of Biederman? Yes, and I think he's related. But anyways... Can we get on with the story? Oh, yeah, sure. Don't let me stop you. Oh, you sure sound like you are. Okay, anyway, so let me tell you what happened, okay? Uh, you see, Rabdovid Biederman was the first Lelava Rebbe. That means, you know, he lived in Lelava, Poland, and he became the Rebbe over there. And, of course, they named it after the town that he was in, Lelava. <laughs> so then he became the first Lelava Rebbe. That's right. You got that right. Now, he was born in 1746, and he was nifter in 1814. That means he lived for about 68 years. And how do you know this? Because I'm looking over your shoulder. <laughs> Guess I can't stop you altogether. Nope, 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 nope. I'm a party you can't get rid of. Uh, Baruch Hashem. I'm happy for that. Okay, anyways. Uh, anyways, so uh, it was uh, in Poland. Lelov was in Poland, you know. And uh, eventually, by the second Lelov Rebbe, which was Rab Moshe Biederman, which was Rab David Biederman's son, he eventually migrated with his Hasidim to Yerushalayim. He was the second Lelva Rebbe. Now, when he migrated to Yerushalayim, he migrated, it turned out to be one year before he was Nifta. One year before he was Nifta. Let's see. He was born around 1776, and he was Nifta around 1851. So that means he lived about 75 years. That's right. You got that right. And you looked over my shoulder. No, the other shoulder. Oh, yes. See? Okay. Anyways, so let me tell you what happened. Anyways, you know that the second level of a Rebbe was a Rebbe for 37 years. Right, from 1814, when his tati was Nifta, until 1851, until he was Nifta. And then, I guess, uh, Abelius, uh, Mendel Biederman was the third rabbi. That's right. And that's as far as we're going in this story. Because otherwise, we can go all the way down the line to all the rabbis in Yerushalayim, Tel Aviv, and there's even one in Park and so on and so forth. Okay, but we're not going to do that now. We're just going to go to the story. So I got to first tell you that Rabdovid Leleva, Rabdovid Biederman was a very big tzaddik. A very big tzaddik. Yes. And matter of fact, do you know that he was a Talmud of the Choyza 
of Lublin. <gasps> the Chlesa of Lublin. Woo! Was a Talmud of Rebbe Melech Luzian. Wow! Great Yichas. Oh, so I bet you he could trace his uh, Yichas all the way to the Baal Shem Tov. You got that right. He most certainly can. Now, anyway, so let me tell you what happened. Okay, tell me what happened. All right, so this is what happened. You see, it turned out that uh, uh, Rab David Biederman was living in the times of Napoleon Bonaparte. Ah, Napoleon Bonaparte! Aha, so what about him? Ah, so he was about to conduct his campaign against Russia. And he heard that the tzaddik Rab David Biederman was a very big Jewish holy rabbi. And he heard rumors that he has... Yes, yeah, something like that. And so he wanted to know if it's true or not. So he stopped by by the little of a rabbi. And he knocked on his door. And he knocked again. And the little of a rabbi Shamash answered the door. Uh, who is there? Who is knocking on the door by the Halika Chadik? Oh, monsieur, it is I, Napoleon Bonaparte. I have come here with some soldiers here. So please, do not fear me. Just open the door. I wish to see the holy rabbi. Uh, yeah, rabbi, uh... It's all right. You could send him in. Open the door. <coughs> and of course, Napoleon Bonaparte came inside. Hello there, rabbi. Pardon me for interrupting you, whatever you are doing at this time of night. But you know that I have to ask you a question. <laughs> Monsieur, Rabbi, Rabina, let me tell you this, sir, if you don't mind. I will ask you the question. The people tell me around that you are a very holy man. I am what I am. I am a product of a Kodesh Bohu. Now, please, what is it that you want from a... Simple rabbi. <laughs> From what I understand, you are not a simple rabbi. You have uh, divine inspiration, and you can tell me a little bit about the future. Now, I am taking my strong, powerful army, and I'm going to attack the Russians. <laughs> and I will attack them with great force. I want you, rabbi, to tell me if I will be victorious over the Russians. <laughs> what do you say? Can you tell me this? And, of course, what happened was... Uh, Rabbi Herbs, uh, the guy who is speaking in the Lullaby Rabbi, he can't narrate himself. You have to. Ah, ah, you're catching me. <laughs> All right. So I have to be in the ball now because you're going to catch me. Oh, okay. So here I go. Ready? Okay, go ahead. And so what happened was is the Lullaby Rabbi closed his eyes for a moment and he concentrated a little bit. Then he opened his eyes. May I ask you a question? Uh, Napoleon, Your Highness, Napoleon Bonaparte, um, why are you so interested in conquering Russia? Well, this is a very simple thing. When I conquer Russia, then I will have control over all of Europe. And then, of course, it will be that I can make myself the king of all of Europe. So what do you say? So, tell me, Rabbi. Will I be victorious or will I not be victorious? What do you say? Well, um, <laughs> to tell you the truth, um, I need to know before I give you an answer if what I tell you, you don't like, or what I tell you, you do like. But whatever the story is, 
I need to know that you will not do anything. You will not do anything at all to me. All right, I give you my word. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. Okay, if you tell me not to harm you, I will not harm you. Just tell me, will I go over and will I conquer? Uh, will I conquer their, uh, uh, their, their Russians or they're not? Will I conquer the Russians? You must tell me. What do you think? Will I be able to conquer the Russians or not? Okay? Uh, okay, tell me. Uh, okay. Uh, Rabbi, you don't have to raise your volume a little bit, eh? Okay. Wait, okay. <laughs> okay. So, oh, holy. Okay, Rabbi, I hear you loud and clear. So what is the prediction? All right, I will tell you. But remember your word. Yes, of course, I gave him my word. I will not harm you, Rabbi. Okay, this is the story. You will lose badly and you will conquer. And I mean, actually, the Russians will conquer you and you will be on the run from them. They will beat you soundly. You don't stand a chance. If I was you, I would not go and attack the Russians. Yeah, Monsieur eh, Rabbi, you're lucky that I gave you my word that I will not do anything to you. Er, er, I gave you my word er, that er, I will not give you er, any problem. Er, it is a very interesting thing that you are asking. But I gave my word. So therefore, let me tell you. Er, it is a very interesting request. But I tell you, Rabbi, I gave my word. So therefore, Rabbi, listen to me very carefully. If you are 100% right, fine and dandy. But if you are wrong, and I conquer the Russians, <laughs> you will have to deal with me accordingly. Yes, of course. May the Rabbeinu Shalem spare you. Thank you, Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. And sure enough, Napoleon went, and he took his army on the long journey. By that time, they reached the Russian front. Many of his soldiers were pretty hungry, and the food supply was dwindling down. He was kind of running low on food. And then it was getting cold. The cold winters in Russia were not so good for the French troops who weren't ready for this. And sure enough, the Russians came out. All right, we will take care of them. Come, let us go. We know what to do with them. Did they come? Attack! And sure enough, the Russians attacked. And they took them by storm. And Napoleon's army was running away in defeat, including Napoleon himself. Napoleon ran and ran and ran. And finally, he arrived in Lelov. And when he came there, he realized, It is like the rabbi said. I have lost to the Russians. I should not have attacked, but I did not listen to the holy rabbi. He is indeed a very, very holy rabbi. So I know what I must do. I must go see him before I continue running away from my enemies. And he came to the Reb, uh, to Reb uh, David. And when he came to Reb David, he knocked on the door. Open up the door very quickly before anybody sees that I am here. And of course, Reb David opened the door. <coughs> uh, yes. Oh, Napoleon, you look a little bit dirty. Uh, what happened? Oh, you in the battle. And? Rabbi, you are indeed a very holy man. I should have trusted you the first time. I let you live the last time because I gave my word that I would not harm you. But your prediction is correct. 
It is very correct. I have lost the battle. Uh, the Russians are searching for me. I must run away. But Rabbi, because you are a holy man, and I trust you, and I want you to know that I thought that I will be the king of all of Europe. So therefore, I want to give you my red velvet cloak for you as a present. Here you go, holy Rabbi, and I uh, hope everything will be all right. I must go now. And so, sure enough, Napoleon, he ran away. Eventually, of course, if you know your history, Napoleon was caught by the Russians, and eventually he was sent as a punishment into exile. <clears throat> Meantime, back to the story. Now, what happened to this red velvet cloak? Well, according to legends, that when uh, David's son, Reb Moshe, was ready to go to Eretz Yisrael, he took this velvet cloak with him, and of course, you know, this is way many years after his father was Nifta. And he took it with him to Eretz Yisrael when he made Aliyah to Yushalayim. And when he made Aliyah to Yushalayim, when he made his shul over there, he took this red cloak, this red velvet cloak, and he used it to turn into the parochis for the Oren HaKodesh. And now that we know that, we also must know now that his son, Ramayisha Bidamin, the second level of a Rebbe was also a Yid, a great, great Tzaddik. Now that we see that is a Tzaddik Acha Tzaddik, a Tzaddik Ben Tzaddik, so now I got to tell you, not only does he have Yiches from his father's side, but do you know who Ramesha Lelava's father-in-law was? Uh, no, uh, you're covering it up. Can I take a look, please? Come on, give me a look. Okay, take a look. Okay, uh, his father-in-law was, whoa! Rock, yeah, I can't believe it. What a father-in-law. Such a big tzaddik. His father-in-law was Rabbi Yaakov Yitzchak Rabinowitz of Pershiska. Wow, Pershiska, I think I'm pronouncing it right now. I think so, Pershiska, yes, that's the correct pronunciation. He was known as the Yid HaKadosh, right? That's correct. You got that right. So anyways, this story that I'm about to tell takes place in the last few years of the Heilige Tzaddik Rav Moshe, of Leleva, of Lelev, which is known as Leleva Rebbe. Okay, so let me tell you what happened. What happened was as follows. There was a happily married couple by the name of Miro and Naftali. Both of them... They lived, of course, in Lelov, in Poland, or nearby there. And they lived there, and they were having a great marriage. They loved each other. They were happy together. But there was one thing missing from their marriage. A lollipop! No, 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 Yassi. Something more than that. <gasps> they didn't have supper one night? No, 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 no. What else do people do? You know, when people get married, they ask for a bracha. Oh, No, 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 no. The mitzvah. Oh, yes. Peru to have children. So they were spoiled for children, and they were married for a year or two, and then they had a child, right? Was it a boy or a girl? Um, actually, they didn't have any children. <gasps> so it happened in the second year. Mazel tov. Nope, it didn't happen in the second year either. Okay, so it happened in the third year. Nope. Fourth year? Nope. Fifth year? Nope. Sixth year? Seventh year, eight year, nine year, ten year. Well, after ten years of marriage, they still had no children. Now, of course, there are very different laws, especially nowadays. 
about, uh, but you know, there's a Gemara in Masech the Yuma that talks about that if a person is married for 10 years and they have no children, they should divorce and go on and marry different spouses. They should get, you know, married with the other people. This way, maybe they don't have mazel with the person that they're with, and Hashem will bless them when they're married to someone else. Of course, nobody should ever do those things without asking Shilas first. And of course, you know, uh, <clears throat> Naftali was a simple farmer. And of course, she looked at the calendars and everything he saw. Oh my goodness gracious. This is terrible. Ay, 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 Miral, sit down. I need to talk to you. It's very important. Okay, I'm sitting down. What is it, Naftali? Well, Miral, you know, Borah Hashem, we had happy years together. Of course. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, we were very happy together, right? Yes, yes, we're very happy together. Why? Why? What, what's going on here? You know that we are married for uh, at least uh, 10 years. Yes, so, so, so. You know, 10 years is a long time. Yes, yes, so I got a little gray here under my shadle. So what? What's the, what's the problem? What's going on? Well, uh, I can't put a shetel on to hide my gray hair. Anyways, we married 10 years, and we were not blessed with any children. Oh, yeah, so we just have to keep being Miss Barlil, and then Hashem is going to bless us with children. That's what I feel. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, you know, that's brought down uh, that if you marry 10 years and you have no children, it's time to get divorced. So as much as I love you and everything... And I, you know, but uh, there's a mystery that we have to have children, so um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you a get. Oh, no, 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 I want to have children. I'm sure you do also. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but I think that uh, maybe the two of us together can have children. Yes, yes. Uh, instead of, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting divorced after 10 years of uh, marriage, I make a suggestion. Yes, yes. What is your suggestion? I say that uh, we uh, go to, to Rav Moshe uh, Biederman, the Lelava Rebbe. Yes, I think so. You know something? That's a very good idea. I must him. He's a very holy tzaddik. Well, we'll do whatever he says, okay? Uh, okay, very good, very good. Let's go. Let's go right away. Okay, I'm going right away. Can I tie my shoelace? You don't need to tie your shoelace. You're wearing boots. Come on, let's go. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Okay, out the door. Out the door. <laughs> uh, close the door. <laughs> oh, not on my nose. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And the two of them hurried off to see the Heiligetzadik from Moshe. And of course, the shamash at the door said, One second, one second. Who's here? Oh! Uh, it's, it's, it's not too late. Hey, how are you? How are you? How are you? No, it's not good to see you. And Miral, you brought your wife Miral here. That's very nice, very nice. So what can we do for you? It's not what you can do for me. It's what the Rebbe can do for me. I'm hoping... So what do you say? Can you tell the Rebbe that I'm here? All right, I'll tell him, I'll tell him. And sure enough, they got in to see the Rebbe. And Miro started crying right away. 
and Sarah Amber. <laughs> we are happily married, and we have everything going good for us except one thing. We're married now. <laughs> We're ten years, and we weren't blessed with any kinderlock. We have no children. Remember, my husband wants to give me a gadget so he can marry someone else, and maybe he could have the mitzvah of having children with someone else. But I love my husband so much, I don't want a divorce. I don't want him to give me a gift. Maybe the rabbi can give us a bracha that Hashem use sparks and bless us with children by the two of us being married. And the Lulava Rebbe looked at her, had Rachmanus on her, and he closed his holy eyes. Eramoisha Bidaman, the Lulava Rebbe, he closed his eyes and he started shuckling back and forth, forth and back, back and forth. Forth and back, and he was working up a sweat even. And then he opened his eyes, and he finally said, Listen to me very carefully. If you do exactly what I say, Be'ezus Hashem, you'll be making a simcha in one year from now. In one year from now, uh, Miral, you'll give birth to a baby boy. And listen to me, if you want this boy to live, you must make sure that he wears this around his neck. See, I'm giving you a small pouch here. In this pouch, I'm putting three mudbeas, silver mudbeas, three silver coins. This child is to wear this necklace around his neck wherever he goes, from the day he's born till the day he dies. He should be wearing this necklace with the three coins. Do you understand me? Yes, we'll do it, right, Naftali? Yes, of course, I guess we'll do it. I mean, if we're going to get a bracha, sure, avada, zicher, hundred percent. And sure enough, as enough is sure, and sure enough is sure enough, they left. The mamas left with happy hearts. They had a and betochen. The mamish real amunas chachomim. The mamish, the mamish felt it, and they couldn't wait for that year to be up. That was probably the fastest year possible. Sure enough, she got pregnant, and it was, you know, like mamish, just a matter of time before the baby was born, and finally the baby was born, and there was happiness in the house. <laughs> And of course, everybody in the town was happy. People were talking, Yeah, I hide the ladies. Isn't that Gavalnik? Yes, Mamish Gavalnik. Gavalnik is a great miracle. Now it's like about 11 years. All of a sudden, after 11 years, can I know what? Mamish's wife gave birth to a baby boy. It's Mamish Gavalnik. And a healthy boy. Okay, let's hope everything's bigger, right? And the British Bishman. Yeah, 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 Bishman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, at the eighth day, the bris was going to be Bismane. And the moil came over there. And of course, according to legend, the lelava was the Sunday. But anyways, going back here, the moil said, And Shudik Mia, Albert, is there something about this necklace that the baby is wearing? Uh, yes, there is. It seems to be that the lelava Rebbe 
gave me the necklace to wear to put on my baby, and he should always wear it. Uh, if the rabbi gave it, I'm not asking questions anymore. And sure enough, they made the bris miller, and everybody was going, And of course, they said everything they're supposed to, and they sat down for a sudas. Uh, actually, it was like sudas for the bris and a sudas I do at the same time. And of course, they sang Yem Layabosha, and everything was beautiful. And the simcha didn't stop there. It continued because 30 days later, actually after the birth, not after the birth, 30 days after the baby was born, they had a pigeon a bed. And Schleimer was very happy. Why was Schleimer very happy? Because he was the coin and he would make five silver dollars. Oh, could I be a coin? Uh, no, 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 no. You have to be born into it. Oh, well. Yes, yes, that's right. Okay. So anyways, they had the pigeon and Ben, and of course there were speeches, and they were singing, and there was Simentave, Mazeltov, Mazeltov, Simentave, and of course they sang the old-fashioned Simentave, Mazeltov, which probably is ancient history. Simentave, Mazel, Mazeltov, Yahailunile, hold you through a while. Simentave, Mazeltov, whatever the nigga was in those days. But anyways, it was a very big simcha, and they took pride and joy in bringing up this kleiner little kind. And it turned out he was a pretty smart little boy. When he was a little itty-bitty boy, and he was able to start talking, he was already making brachas. And of course, when he was about Three years old, something strange happened. Oh dear me, oh my! Eh, Naftali, what's wrong? Naftali. I don't know. I I don't feel very well. I don't know. I'm not feeling very very well. I need to lie down. Please do me a favor. Call the doctor. I just don't feel right. And sure enough, Naftali lied down. And he lay in the bed, and the doctor came. But in those days, they didn't have medicine the way they know it nowadays. Nowadays, many things that people used to be nifted from years ago, now it's like nothing. It's like absolutely nothing. And yet, it seems to be when the doctor came, Give me room over here. Give me room. I'm going to check him out. I'm going to check him out. Let me see what's going on here. Let me see. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. I don't like this. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. You want to send your son out of the room? Uh, all right. Uh, we, we call our son uh, uh, Fryin, but for sure we call him Effie. Effie, could you wait in the next room, please? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, um, can I tell you this, Mike? Um, your husband? Yes, yes, he's going to be all right, right? Uh, not exactly. You see, um, in order to be all right, you have to breathe, you understand? And then you have to have your heart beating. You know, it has to go... But you see, your husband's heart's not going... Oh, so what's it doing? Is it doing something different? Is it going... No, 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 it's not even doing that. You see, it's not even moving. Uh, and, and, and he's not even breathing. Um, no. 
You telling me? I'm afraid so. And sure enough, she cried her heart out. And after the bitter tears, they called the Hever Kedisha. And as it was a sad thing, even though he lived to see that he had a son, but he was nifta when that boy was three years old. But the mother, she was still living, Miral, but she was so upset that the husband she loved for so many years was nifta, she herself started to take a little bit ill as she was getting sick. She was becoming weaker. No, she was not nifta, but she wasn't so strong. And as Effie got a little older, he started getting a little bolder. Ha <laughs> uh, ha! Uh, uh, what, what, wait a minute. Uh, Yassi? Yeah? What is it? Uh, could I have your voice? Why do you want my voice for? Because I'm not three years old, I'm not five years old. And you always like to act in stories, right? Yeah? So, what about it? Uh, now I'm becoming a mischievous kid. And you're the perfect voice for it. What? Are you saying that I'm mischievous? No, I'm not saying it. It's a known fact. What? Are you telling me I'm not? <laughs> Just kidding. Could I use your voice? Okay. Use my voice here. No, gonna sound like you. Yeah, and I'm gonna sound like you. Sit back and relax, Jesse. Wait a minute. Robert Arabs, can I have my own voice back? Yeah, I guess so. You can have your own voice back. So now you're gonna be in two places. Yeah, but he said I'm mischievous. <laughs> I am going to be mischievous. Which one of us? Well, actually, you both are. Uh, uh, can we go on with the story before you get me confused? Oh, uh, okay. I'll sit back over here and, and try not to make me look uh, uh, too mischievous. Don't worry about a thing, Yossi. This happened in, 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 in the, like, uh, in the, uh, what do you call it, the 1800s. So what are you worried about? You know what I mean? Maybe it's happened in, like, the 1840s or something, you know? Oh, oh, okay, 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 uh, okay, but either way, try not to make me look so bad. It's not you who looks bad, it's me. Okay, anyways, um, uh, we'll see. All right, you know, uh, I'm through with the hater. I had enough of the hater. I want to hang out with these guys. Hey, what's you doing? What's your name? My name is Peter. What is your name? Uh, my name is, uh, Ephraim. Ephraim? Very hard name to pronounce. Okay, what would you like to call me? Uh, instead of calling you uh, Ephraim, could I call you Effie? Okay, call me Effie. Is that easier? Yes, okay. I call you Effie. All right, so uh, we be friends now? Yeah, why not? So what you guys doing? And he started to hang around with these Goyim. And before you know it, he started acting like them. And then one day he comes home and he looks around. Okay, my mommy's not looking. Now let me get that scissors. Oi, Vey! What are you doing with that scissors? Oi, what did you just do? I cut off my payas. You cut off your payas? What's the matter with you? You're not a little baby anymore. You should know better. I do know better. And now I'm not wearing scissors anymore. What? You're not wearing scissors? What's going on? That's okay, mommy. Tomorrow, I'll stop wearing a yarmulke. What? I don't want to do it all at one shot, you know what I mean? So first, I cut up my pears and take off my tzitzas, you know. What's going on here? Who's your friends? Oh, you don't want to know. One of my friends is Oleg. One of them is Peter. 
one of them is is, is Granish, you know, <laughs> Yanish and Panyanish and Lazanish. Oy, 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 what cover you have? Please, do me a favor. Your Rebbe said you haven't been in the cheder in a while. Uh, that's right, I haven't. I haven't, and I'm not gonna be. What? What are you talking about? What's the matter with you? What happened? Oh, it's nothing to worry about. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's nothing at all, okay? I, I, it's okay. I, I'm just feeling free, that's all. Ay, ay, ay. We want a bottle for you. Hey, what's going on here? Where's that, um, that necklace? What happened to it? Oh, that, uh, I don't know. It was just getting bored wearing it, you know. It was getting hot. It was bothering me, so I took it off. Huh, huh. No, you have to wear it. You have to wear it. Uh, the lullaby rapper, Ramesha, he said you have to wear it. You have to wear it. And, of course, he did not wear it. And as the story goes on, he got older a little bit. He wasn't married yet, but he was becoming a teenager. And at that time... The Heilige Rebbe, Ramosha, made Aliyah all the way to Eretz Israel and to Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim. Yes, yes, he made it to Yerushalayim. And it was like one year before he was Nifta. So he was in Eretz Israel for one year. And he took the, 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 the cape. The velvet uh, cloak, right? The red velvet cloak from 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 uh, Napoleon. Yes, and he made it as the first parochas for the Arna Kaidish. And of course, after one year living there in Yerushalayim, he was Nifta. But by that time, most of the Hasidim more or less migrated to Eretz Israel, Yerushalayim, and so that's why Eretz Israel has a very big following. Of Lelava Hasidim. But my, 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 my ears, what happened to, 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 to uh, the guy who let my voice? Oh, me you talking about? Uh, well, let's see, man. I, I learned how to play cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. You became a gambler? That's right. I became a gambler. But it's not nice to gamble. I didn't ask you. <laughs> but you asked me for my voice. Yes, I asked you for the voice. But I didn't ask you about gambling. ha. <laughs> Okay, here I am here. Hey, Olak, let's go play some cards. Now, I do some work here and there, so I have a a, a, a few groceries here and there and a couple of lattes. Hey, you want to play for money? Yeah, sure. I want to play for money. Yeah, sure. Okay, here, we'll put down some groceries over here. Here we go. Put it down. All right, let's get moving here. <laughs> and sure enough, they were gambling. And he was taking out his coins here and heen, and he'd always go, Right, I'll raise you. And the other guy said, Peter said, I raise you too, okay? I raise you. I raise you also. I raise you also. <laughs> okay, show me your cards. <laughs> Think that's good? Look what I got. <laughs> now, of course, I'm not a big maven about how poker works or whatever it is. Uh, which cards we or whatever it is, but he always seemed to come out with the winning hands. He knew how to fool them, how to play the strategy of making them think that he had different cards and whatever it is, and he knew how to, you know, get the right cards in order, and of course, he won every time. And he was beginning to win big time, and people were going around saying, Hey, Olag, is it true that Jewish kid 
Uh, I don't know if you should call him a Jewish kid. He does nothing that's Jewish. The only thing Jewish about him is his name, Epi. You know what I mean? So anyways, Epi, yeah, what do you want to know about him? Is it true what they say? Huh? People say that he's a great card player. Oh, yeah, she's a good card player. Yeah, don't bet too much money on him, because if you bet too much money on him, whoa, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that if you bet too much money, he's going to win. Ah, uh, I don't believe it. Let me try. And sure enough, this newcomer came, and he tried. And Effie said, All right, let's see. Okay, let's see what you got. Okay. <laughs> you think you want? Look what I got. La, 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 kiss, kiss. Oh, no. How did you do that? How on earth did you do that? <laughs> I'm a smart card player. That's all. I know how to bluff the right way. <laughs> and word got around that there was a Jewish card player. Not necessarily religious, but he was a Jewish card player. And he was, like, really good. And then, in another town, there was a famous Goyish card player. Now, a lot of the Goyim in those times, all they knew how to do was work and then get drunk and play cards. And that's about it, more or less. A lot of them, that's they didn't have a life of tour, so didn't have much uh, entertainment at that time either, except, you know, whatever happened when they were going nuts, when they got drunk. Anyways, so... Um, Maybe that's why there was also a lot of pogroms besides our Averis, but it was easy to provoke them to do pogroms because they had nothing better to do. And they weren't the most educated people. But anyways, so let me tell you something. There was this card player. His name was Anton, but Anton wasn't just a small guy. He was a big, tall fellow. And he was known as Anton the Big or sometimes Anton the Great, or sometimes the Great Anton, or Big, Big Anton, whatever it was, he was big. And one day, Anton heard about, Hey, tell me what's going on here, eh? Are people telling me that Jewish guy, teenager, good at cards, eh? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anton, biggie, uh, uh, not smally, <laughs> not shorty either. Tally, maybe, but, you know, anyways, big Anton, jumbo Anton, grubba blubba. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, big Anton, right. Anyways, uh, big Anton, let me tell you something. Uh, your days are numbered. This Jewish kid, oh, he, he, he's, he's not religious, you know, but nonetheless, we know he's Jewish, you know, <laughs> but he's, like, wiping the floors with everybody. What, he's in cleaning? No, no, not the cleaning business. I mean, he's wiping the floors with everybody, card playing. He's, like, so good. Nobody beats him anymore. I'll tell you, he, everybody's afraid to play him. <laughs> he always gets them challenges, calls everybody a chicken, and sometimes we give in, play a little bit. Once we start losing, we just stop. I mean, he, like, really wins. <laughs> okay, Funwa, I'm going to come out there. I'm going to come to him, and I'm going to play him card, because he never saw me play. I'm the best card player in this whole side of Poland, whole side of Russia, whole side of France, whole side of pickle juice bottles. I am the best, I'm telling you. There ain't nobody better than me. Uh, uh, okay, if you say so. And so, sure enough, 
he came to the village of Lelov. And he starts walking around. Hey, tell me where the crutch means where everybody played. He's over there? Good. I'm going over there now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hey, tell me. You, over there. Wow, are you big? Whoa. Uh, are you like Malachabashan? Who is he? Uh, never mind. Uh, can I help you? Where do I find this uh, Effie guy? Uh, in the bar. Where else? <laughs> good, good. Thank you, thank you. And he went to the bar. And as he goes to the bar, he comes there by the bar. And in the bar, he's looking to the right. And he's looking to the left. And then he sees a crowd. Higher caution, I'm going to win. Yeah, I could try. Yeah, you could try. He's going to win. He wins all the time. So that must be the Jewish guy in the middle, yeah? <laughs> Let me take a look at him. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, he is pretty good, but I know I'm better. Okay, you. Yeah, I know who you are. You are the person they call um, 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 uh, Effie, yes? Yeah, I'm Effie. What can I do for you, buddy boy? <laughs> you think you're smart, Alec. I'm big. I'm strong. Oh, you're going to squash me like a mosquito? <laughs> what can I do for you? Just kidding. What can I do for you? Hey, you say you're very good at card playing. I want to play you some cards, okay? I want to play you cards. I'm going to wipe you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to show you nothing against Anton. Me, big Anton. What do you say? Ha <laughs> ha. The only thing that's big is you. And soon you're going to have a big flat nose because when I play you and I win you, you're going to be flat on your nose. Ha 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 ha. Because you're going to faint. Okay, let's get started. And they started dealing out the cards. Putting the cards this way. Putting the cards that way. A little here. A little there. A little here. A little there. And then the game was going on. And it was going back and forth. And all of a sudden, the crowd looked. You know something? I never saw anybody last this long. Anton is pretty good. He's lasting pretty good. Hey, you know what? Let's cheer him on. Yeah, let's cheer him on. Anton! 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 And he started banging and clapping. Anton! 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 And everybody was clapping and screaming, Anton. And all of a sudden, the card game was coming to a close. And Anton said, okay, show me what you got. <laughs> and no way you compete what I got. How do you like that? See them cards? Okay, I might as well take all the money. Just a minute. I could top that. Take a look at this set of cards. What? How'd you get that? But I didn't see those cards come. Are you sure you didn't see? Uh, did you catch me cheating? Um, uh, um, 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 um. Uh, I didn't cheat. All this money's mine now. <laughs> so, you think you're so good? Ah, uh, one minute. Ah, uh, uh, don't go away. You just got uh, beginner's luck. Uh, hey, uh, 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 Peter, you want to lend me some money, please? Yeah, I can lend you some money. Uh, George? Okay, I'll lend you a little bit of money, but you better pay back. Yeah, I'll pay back, because I'm going to win everything. And he played another game. And the money was dished out back and forth on the table. A lot of money on the table. And all of a sudden, within a few minutes, Ha-ha! <laughs> Can't beat this hand! Now I won for sure, now I can take back all the money. <laughs> you think so? You can't beat this hand, look at this hand! And he put down the cards, and Anton won again. And the people say, 
Uh, you better give back my money that I lent you. Yeah, uh, yeah, you'll get it back. Now, maybe not today, but you'll get it back. Wow, I can't believe it. I lost. I lost. I better get out of here. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. And he ran out of the Kretschmer, ran out of the bar, and he ran home, all the way home, which was at the other end of the town. And when he got home, he opened the door, and he closed it. And after he closed it, he ran to his room, and his mother said, What's the matter? Are you okay? Effie? Effie? <laughs> I can't believe it. I lost. You understand? I lost. I never lost before. I lost twice to this big guy, Anton, and I owe people money. How am I going to pay them back? Oh, I lost everything I had. Oh, my. Oh, but you know something? Something's wrong. I, I, I think I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling well. I, I don't know. I, I'm feeling weak. I'm suddenly feeling weak. Oh, no. Uh, mommy? Yes, yes. Please call me a doctor. Quickly. Quickly. All right. I'll call a doctor. Uh, just, just relax a little bit. Just uh, take it easy. Uh, uh, don't, don't go anywhere. And sure enough, she remembered in the back of her mind what happened to her husband when he said he didn't feel well. But she ran as quickly as possible. And she got the doctor, and the doctor was an older man now. All right, all right, all right, all right. Take it easy. I'm here, I'm here. All right, let me examine. Oh, it's your son, Effie. How, uh, what happened to your payers? Hey, well, I, 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 I want to ask you that when you're sick here. Yeah, okay, let me see. Stick out your tongue. Let me examine it. Okay, let me see your eyes. Oh, my goodness gracious. I can't believe it. This is unbelievable. Oh my, oh my, I can't believe it. I, you don't understand. This is bad news. Madam, I don't know how to tell you this. Beryl, I know you for a long time. I've been your family doctor for a long time, but I'm telling you, this don't look good. I don't know how much longer your son can live. It looks like he's going to die with maybe a couple of days, a couple of weeks. I don't know. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Oh, no, 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 my son, no, no. And suddenly she had a thought. Wait, I have a brother who lives in Yerushalayim. And, and, uh, Ramosha Biederman, the Lullaby Rebbe, he, he's buried in Harazasim. Yeah, I'll ask him to go Mimispalo. Yes, yes, yes. And she was so lucky that in 1837, the telegraph was invented. So she was able to send a telegraph because if she sent the mail, it would take a long time to get to Eretz Israel. She sent a telegraph, and it reached her uh, brother, which was the uncle to this little boychik. Was not a little boychik anymore. Effie was now a teenager, and Effie was sick, and he was looked like he was dying away. In the meantime, the uncle went to the cave of Moshe Biederman, and he was mispal, and he said, "Rebbe, my nephew." Maybe not the best of kinderlech now, but he has free will. He can do tshuva. Rebbe, he's like your child, too. He's your child as well. You gave the bracha that they should have this child. Please, don't let him die. Please, my sister has nothing else in the world. Could you please help my sister? And he was mispalo. The tears rolled from his eyes and dripped onto the caver, onto the matseva. And then, after that, he went home. That night, when her brother went to sleep, he had a strange dream. Oh, can I do it? Can I do it? <laughs> I did good? Uh, yeah, okay. Anyways, he had this strange dream. Era Moshe Biederman, the Lelavareba, the second Lelavareba, came to 
Effie's uncle in a dream, and he said, Listen to me. If Effie wants to do tshuva for the real tshuva, and he wears that amulet thing that I gave him, that little satchel with the three silver coins, if he wears that and he does full tshuva, he will live a normal life. And of course, he faded away after that. When he woke up, he ran down to the telegraph office and he sent the telegraph back. And then she told her son, and that's what the rabbi said in the dream. Oh, okay, okay. And he said about the necklace, that it must be here somewhere in the house. Oh, let's go find it. <laughs> and it was hard for him to find it, but he went looking here and he looked there. And they finally found where that little necklace was that had the three uh, uh, silver coins in that little pouch. He put it around his neck and he started to take it to heal him and started to daven to heal him, to ask Hashem to heal him. Then he started to daven, and he put on his tefillin again. Of course he put on his yarmulke, he put on his tzitzis. And step by step, he slowly started to come back to Yiddishkeit. And of course, when he came back to Yiddishkeit, he started to feel healthier. And he realized that he existed by the tefillis of the tzaddik. So if he has his amunas tzaddikim, and he trusts that the tzaddik has a direct hotline to Hashem, and he grows up in the derech that he's supposed to, then he'd be worthy that the bracha should continue. Because if he would have continued on his path, there was no life set for him. It was only set for life if he would be a good yid. And sure enough, he did a good shuva, and he lived a ripe old age. Wow! Can I have my voice back? Yeah, sure. Here's your voice back. All right. Now we got that straight, so let's see now if there's any time to answer any phone calls. Okay, there is some time to answer some phone calls. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? Hello? Are you there? Hello, hello? Anybody there? Yoo-hoo! I don't hear anything. Is anybody there? Okay, we'll go to the next caller. The system is working? The working system and the phone is on. Okay, so maybe he got this. Hello, screen. yes. That means the other one. Ah, oh, I hear something now. Hi. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Or listen, you learn tonight's I, story. Hi. Yes. I learned that you should never be a big shot. Can my brother say something? Can your brother say something if it's no gay to the story? Yes. Um, yeah. I always have a Muna Chachamim. Could you say this father next week? Can I say what? Father. Which story? The father. Oh, I'm going to think about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson do you learn tonight's story? Hello? 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 How come they don't pick up? (laughs) A big dial tone I got. Okay, we'll try the next call. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned in tonight's story? Hello? Hello? I don't know. I don't know. Did the phone collapse or something? I don't know. Some Some calls are getting in. Some calls got in and some calls it doesn't. Either they, they... 
deaf or you know <laughs> I don't know it's, yeah. I don't uh, know the phone is again we have uh, you know another line hello hello you're on the air what is your name what lesson you learned tonight's story my name is Moshe Shmuel and um, um, I heard I think that you should always listen to what people say to you because it might like be it might be very important and you might not know a secret behind it and also I think I heard the story one yeah well if it did it yeah. must have been a long time ago okay yeah um, probably I read it in the book somewhere that's possible but you know when I tell a story it's not the same like when you hear it in a book <laughs> yeah yeah I know <laughs> yeah okay thanks a lot okay hello you're on the air what is your name and what lesson you learn in tonight's story Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What's your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? My name is Avram Yaakov, and I learned that you should always do whatever Chacham say. Excellent. And I'll make sure we do that. That's right. Maybe we'll see Mashiach a lot faster. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name? And what a lesson you learned tonight's story? Ah, it was working for a while. Yes, <laughs> Then I it know. stopped. Okay, I don't uh, know what happened to this one. One second. One, uh, hello? Hello? Hello, you're on the air. What's your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What lesson you learned tonight's story? Sorry, it's kind of chaotic out here, and I'm outside because my room doesn't have such good service. Okay. And so, Masha, what lesson you learned tonight's story? <sighs> The lesson is, uh, um, uh, uh-oh. Yassi, I think you just erased my paper again. Uh, it's a specialty. Okay. Anyways, uh, if you could tell me what your lesson is, because I got to go on to the next caller. All I could say is that uh, uh, it didn't really go accordion to plan when I heard the story. <laughs> accordion? I don't know if I I'm laughing it. or I'm it. just not. I don't know. Okay. But, Masha, I got to go to the next caller because I have somebody else on the line. Okay? Okay. See you. Bye. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned at the night story? What happened to him? Hello? Okay, we lost, okay, we lost all this. Okay. okay. So that's it? Okay. 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 Huh? Uh, going to the... One second. Yeah. Do we have any more calls or it's not going in? Huh? Okay, we'll try one more caller. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What's your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? I learned that um, uh, that, that, uh, that you should always listen to Rebbeim. Very good. Excellent. That's definitely in there. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, do we have time? Okay, this is going to be the last caller. Hello? Hello, you're on the air. You're the last caller now. Getting in, if you're still there. Hello? Hello? Okay, so that's um, it. That's all the time we have then, right? Okay. Okay, that's all the time we have. Sorry, some calls didn't get in. I don't know if it's our phones or your phones, because some calls got in, okay? And so until next week, everybody have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.